Hey, Comet fans, today's episode of the Comets Podcast is being brought to you by Huntington University. No surprise there because they bring us every episode of this podcast for you to enjoy. And if you were a Comet season ticket holder last season, you can still enjoy 25% off all tuition at Huntington University. All you have to do is reach out to them, go to the university admissions office, and they'll take real good care of you, as I'm going to do right now with a very special episode of the Huntington University Comets Podcast. Salutations and the warmest regards. From I, Shane Alberani, back to bring you another episode of the Huntington University Comets Podcast. So glad you could join us here uh, today, night, noon, morning, whenever you decide to listen to it, uh, because uh, we've got a very special episode for you today. Two guests. Yes, two guests. You get one for free and the other one at no charge. So it's win-win for everybody. So uh, first on the show, uh, we have got uh, some famous Comet fans. we got Bill Oberg and Susan Hansen, and they have got a very unique story because they have been collecting game used comet jerseys for years and they've got a real cool story as to what they do with those jerseys after they get them and they're also involved in a very uh, very neat uh, uh, program where they rescue birds very large birds so I'm sure they have pulled icy out of a few jams here and there over the years but we'll learn about that and we're also going to talk to another animal lover on the team Anthony Petrozelli. it will be his second visit on this podcast and uh, we're going to talk about all the work he does uh, with uh, fostering animals and all the other neat stuff he does within the within the organization and the community. So it is a jam-packed show, so make sure you stick around, you get your popcorn, you get your beverage, you do whatever you do uh, to get comfortable. So here we go with the next episode of the Huntington University Comets Podcast. <music> All right, all right. Now, I just assume you guys got into birds because of Icy, right? No, actually, we got into it because we volunteered at the zoo. And one of the times I was doing kitchen cleanup, the vice president of the organization was working right alongside me and asked me if we'd like to come out. And that's how it started? Just like that's that? That's how yep. it started. That's yep. exactly how it started. Yeah. And, and how, was, I mean, how did that, I mean, that's how it started, but I mean, that's, it's, it's a unique thing. You know, you think of dogs and cats and other furry animals, but you don't think of huge raptors and birds. That's just, it's really neat. Well, yeah. we did the, we went to the, the orientation and that just sold us after we listened to the orientation. We met some of the people and they're, I mean, it's really, we are kindred spirits when you talk about it. I mean, we all have the same uh, goals for the birds, but, you know, we're different walks of life and everything, and we all have our own little stories and things. Fortunately, we're all kind of at the retirement age, so we're all vaccinated, no masks now, but uh, (laughs) they laugh because we'll do, they call it avian care. So you go out there and you do your cleaning and feeding and stuff, you know, the dirty work. And then afterwards, we all kind of go get a bird and we sit on the porch holding our bird and just chit chatting. It looks like a bunch of old people on a porch and rocking chairs. Lucky birds. <laughs> that's, but lucky birds. That's, yep. that's them. I don't do that. <laughs> I do. I do rescues and I do releases. 
so uh, what has been your like a real difficult uh, rescue probably the one that sticks out in my mind is when i was called on one of two on the same day for turkey vultures and it was in this guy's garage on the third rung of his shelf i had to go in and get it and that was when i was still kind of new we're in our second year now yeah and you just have to you just have to be patient and you have to just kind of watch the bird and it'll direct you as to how to pick it up. <laughs> and what kind of dangers are we looking at? Cause a Turkey vulture is, you know, bigger than a, a car. Well, <laughs> the, problem, <laughs> the problems with Turkey vultures is they're long, not necessarily their claws, but their long necks because they can. Oh, they got lethal beaks. <laughs> once you, once right. you turn around and you've picked them up and you get ready to put them in a box and bring them up to our ICU, they will take their beaks and peck at you. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had, have you guys sustained any injuries so far? Yeah, I've been hit a few times by our eagle because we have to, well, we do what we call casting. And that's basically picking the bird up by the legs, bringing them up right to your chest, face out. And then what we do is they dremel the beaks and they dremel kind of like get a doing pedicure. a manicure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, we only had two of us in there the one day and this guy turned around and he got me on both on his chest, both, twice. both parts <laughs> of my chest. Oh, and they're still and they're still there. Yeah. And the eagle is, I mean, 10 pounds doesn't sound like much, but he's got a wingspan of six feet. Yeah. So when, when he, yeah, he makes Icy look little. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I see. just sustain all kinds of bruises and stuff where, you know, we have one great horned owl that uh, she's just an angry bird. I mean, <laughs> she doesn't like something. And if she's in a mood, she'll label you good, usually right on your thumb, you know, and, and then she's fine going, all right, I got you. We're cool now. <laughs> so I see a six foot bird, but he doesn't scare you at all anymore. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, so what other, uh, so what unusual birds? I mean, no owls, we know hawks, or we know eagles. I mean, we picked up, uh, we went to Marion on a call last year to pick up an osprey which I thought was only in Florida. Right, right. Well, so that's, that's also, a, yeah, you, you run into birds or, or species you didn't realize were around here. Yeah, we had, uh, we just picked up a snowy owl in uh, November up at the DNR up in Topeka. And he's still healing with us. That's yeah. a very rare, odd bird for us to pick up. Yeah, she got stuck in barbed wire. So yep. she's recovering, but she's doing real well. How did, did you give one of them a, like a, a comet's name, the comet snowy owl? No, that was me. That was you. That was me. I took the dog, the one that we just recently lost, and we built a snowman that looked like an owl. And Scott <laughs> picked up on that and, and said, you know, the rare comet snowy owl. So <laughs> it was cute. That, that was fun, though. I was, I was it, it actually got us some donations because then he right. made me a, a, a hometown hero. And we got, you know, a couple hundred bucks, which helps because with COVID right now, um, all, most of our money comes in through presentations. We'll yep. go to libraries and schools, festivals, even birthday parties, but that dried up and these birds still have to get fed. Right. So every little bit helped. <laughs> and if someone wants to donate, what, what, what do they have to do? We have a website with a donate button. So just get on there. Uh, and if they want to come on out and volunteer, we're an almost all volunteer group i mean we have one person that's part-time paid everybody else it's we're we're just we're there um so if they want to come volunteer that would be it's awesome 
I mean, we're there seven days a week, 365 days a year, because yep. uh, they need fed and watered every day. And then we have injured birds that need to be treated. So there's all kinds of, th- and we need carpenters, electricians, just to do odd jobs. Anything anybody wants to do, we'll figure a way to put them in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is so unique and it's, and it's so cool. Um, you know, have you brought anybody into the organization that is like, wow, you know, I never knew anything, something like this, you know, could be so beneficial or anything like this was even out there. Probably if you like me, I didn't, I yeah. didn't think I liked birds until we went out there and it's like, whoa, this is awesome. You know, uh, we had one girl, she interned with us a few years back and she didn't even like birds at the time. And now she has a cocktail and a parrot as well as coming out and doing all this other stuff. They kind of grow on you. Right. Right. Um, yeah. We've got some unique people. We've got people that like, we get roadkill and during the winter because yeah. they, they eat venison and we have a guy that just comes out and butchers for us and boy, does it stink. So, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, that's a, that's a talent I don't have. I don't know anybody sure. does. So, you know, so he comes out and takes care of that for us. Um, yeah. It's, some it's features. Birds of prey and it's, you know, they're meat eaters. So that's nothing you don't really yeah. think about. And even the little ones, we got little screech owls that are maybe five ounces, maybe, and though they can label you too, because they still have little talons and little beaks. And there's another angry bird that we have that, you know, he, <laughs> yep, you just so put if, your hand in. If someone, right, if someone finds an injured bird, do they just call you guys and you guys come out or how does that work? Uh, they can um, go to our website. We have a phone number with a dispatcher that works 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, the DNR knows about us. Conservation officers know about us. The zoo, uh, the the zoo, zoo a number us. of police departments, and they'll get a hold of us. And we have a small group of rescuers that'll go out and pick up birds. You know, in fact, Bill was just out Saturday. AEP had to get a nest off one of their towers uh-huh. so that they could tear it down. Yeah. So they put him in one of the buckets up there with a hard hat and everything so he could retrieve these eggs out of a nest. So we're talking about how many? We're up feet? about 90 feet. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was fun. I the, the dispatcher knows I love to go on adventures. <laughs> that is, though, that's adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, we live behind a, a wildlife preserve and we have hawks and owls and the, the hawks often circle our house because we have a chihuahua. And I think they're eyeing that chihuahua every once in a while. Yep, yep. a red tail might make a dinner out of that little one, yeah. <laughs> That's also why we have a German shepherd who's usually outside with her as well. <laughs> Protects her. Oh yeah, good idea. <laughs> I saw I saw your picture. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's sheriff, and uh, he is a handful. He is good looking, and he knows it. So good, yeah, good looking dog. <laughs> uh, so okay, well, you know, we've got the bird stuff out of the way, but I also brought you guys on to talk a little bit of hockey. I mean, you guys are known as the Jersey Collectors. I mean, you guys are kind of famous in Comet Land because you okay. guys know well. <laughs> When the Jersey auction comes around, I know to locate you guys because I know I'm going to be saying your number an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, I went up and uh, so we, like I said, up to today, we've returned 20 to 20 different players. And we still have, with the buying over the last year or so, uh, we still have 41 jerseys upstairs. Wow. So, so how many do you have, have you had total? When, first of all, when well, did you start this? When did you start doing this? 
Uh, actually, the first one, we, we, we moved down here. We started watching the Comets in 2006. I don't think we bought the first jersey till 2007. And the first jersey we bought was... Uh, what was Jake it? Pence. Jake Pence. It from, was one of was the uh, military, military jerseys. jerseys. And I think was, it might have been the first one. That was our first one. And I, I, there are jerseys that I get, and really, I hate to part with them. But yeah, we sent it to Jake out in Colorado. All we ask, like I said, uh, all we ask is that they return a picture of the jersey with the right. family or somebody. And we've gotten 18 of the 20 players to, to do that. Wow. But, but I mean, you started back in 2006. And yes, it, it, to, to, just to keep, catch everybody up is that you guys have bought a lot of these jerseys and they're game used. And then eventually you've just turned them over to the players to give them back. Uh, so you have guys have probably given more money to Comet Charities than anybody else, because that's where that money goes. And the fact that you guys give them back to the player eventually is just about the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but well, uh, it's, it's, it's how we, it's how we believe in the, I mean, the Comet's, specify a lot of different charities which we think is great and that's how we support this community is through those jerseys through the comments yeah it's just, it's just amazing now do you guys have a favorite jersey that you bought that you can't part with this this is going to stay well we we the, a lot of the a lot of the star wars ones will not go back because we'll turn those over to our kid because he's a yeah, star wars we have Kyle yeah. thomas's first one and his mom wants it really bad <laughs> well it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like um yeah i have a favorite i have i have was uh the uh, military jersey from out at the, uh, the oh, Air black, Base. Snakes. black snakes jersey oh, yeah. so i have was and i have kukwali's i unfortunately ended up with two <laughs> So we've we've already been in touch with Kukwali. When he retires, we're going to return his. So now you guys, now there's two different auctions. You know, yeah, we have the end of season auction where it's it's your traditional yep. auction, and we're and I'm up there, I'm calling names and trying to get yep. highest bidder. But normally, you know, it's the silent auction. So what is your strategy when you guys do the silent auction? Oh, you're talking about the ones at the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. I usually I will usually wait till uh, the last set of bids go up like between the end of the end of the first period beginning of the second so nobody else can bid and then you have an idea as to what that highest bid is and i usually you stand around and you kind of watch the people and you know them because they're same people down there bidding <laughs> so you no, know no, any of these people <laughs> no yes actually i do i know several of them uh because we've, we've kind of been bidding together but uh normally if i want a jersey i will bid probably excessively high <laughs> so that I'm not worried about somebody. And sometimes I'll, I'll like I did with the, the military jerseys, I bid on two, hoping to get one. And I got two. <laughs> now, I mean, how did this, I mean, you got the one, but I mean, how exactly did, did you guys kind of get addicted to this? I mean, is it just the, you know, I know you guys like to give to charity and, and do all that, but it's just kind of like, well, oh, I really want that Jersey. I want to collect them or it's just the rush of the bid player. The, the player player has yeah. something to do with it as well as the style of Jersey. And do you have other words, multiple jerseys from one player. We have uh, only, I think only one, only Jinx. Only AJ's. I yeah, happened to uh, I happened to pick up his that uh, the first night he was the captain. Yeah, with the, those black jerseys and black. And oh orange. yeah, the blackouts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that that is that is without a doubt my one of my favorites. And we also got one of his regular jerseys through the when the comments put that stuff up online yeah. for yeah. auction. Now, how long do you hang on to them before you decide to return them? 
we like to make sure or hope that the player has retired first. And in this case, in this case, we will wear the jerseys to, well, we would have worn them last year, but we didn't get a chance to wear them all. Yeah. We will wear them to one final game, take a picture, and then we'll contact the player. Now, how have you guys gone about, I mean, social media obviously is, you know, king, you can probably get a hold of anybody, but is there anybody you've, you've tracked down outside of social media that wasn't on, you know, didn't have any social media or anything? Yeah. Yeah. The one guy who we tracked down, who actually called us, we sent everything to him and then he didn't have the courtesy to call us back <laughs> or it was a picture, Frankie DeAngelis. It, we took us, what? We took four him. months we, to find him. Yeah, we found him. And then he called us out of the blue. We talked to him for quite a while, gave us an address. We sent us stuff up, a picture and everything else. And boom, never heard from him again. <laughs> he got his jersey. But some back. of them we hear a lot from. We still get little messages from Smitty all the time. Yep. Smitty. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. His jersey happened to be, it was one of the Vera Bradley. And it was the jersey he wore the night his wife's watched him play for the first time. Oh, wow. So you so actually, he made I mean, sure he told that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, even around these, these jerseys, I mean, they've got stories, too. It wasn't yes. just a single game that they played. Right. No, a no. lot of them do. I mean, Klotz, I, I don't know if you've heard the, the Garrett Klotz one that when we returned his. No, no. We, we were at a game, and I was wearing his jersey. And uh, we noticed between periods, because we always stay out in the hall, that we were kind of being stalked by a guy. <laughs> Didn't think anything of it went out between second and third periods, the guy was still there looking at us. So we walked up to him and we said, can we help you? And he said, I'm Garrett Klotz's father. And he said, I never got one of his Comet jerseys. And he said, I'd like to buy it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, not yet, but we will get it to you eventually. And about a year later, we did and we gave it to him. Wow, that's neat. So you gave it to his dad. Yeah, yes. mailed it to his mailed dad. Mailed it to his dad. And uh, we've been, we've, Klotz, we follow Klotz all the time. We know he's still out in, I think he's still out in Rapid City now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've obviously forged some relationships with some of these players too. Yeah, some of, some of them we have. Yeah. I mean, we, we stay in touch. We stay in touch. I mean, you would ask me multiple jerseys. I do have another multiple jersey one. I have Crunk. <laughs> I have, I have, I have Every Crunk's <laughs> uh, one when we had the uh, Hanson Brothers. And I know this will sound strange, but I placed a bid through folks that we've talked to in Rapid City, and I got Crunk's Rapid City jersey. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> see, you're even branching out. I mean, you're going. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's I will. I will if I can. And I really like the player. And I really did like him when he was here. I oh, tried to do it. I think I don't think anyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I tried to do the same with McMillan after McMillan left. I got in touch with him up in when he was up in Alaska and touched base and said, you know, if you ever want to part with a Jersey. And he said, no, he said, it was nice of me to ask, but they're going to his kids. <laughs> well, that's, and again, that's, that's neat because those guys, I mean, you parents get them, their kids will get them. And it's just, yep. it's such a neat, a neat thing. And I hope yeah. you guys are able to like, kind of keep on, you know, if you can ask these guys, Hey, whatever happened to that Jersey you got back, you know, and, and hear those stories too. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nicole promised Shaftsma promised that she wouldn't sell the jersey when we give it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> since since she sells everything else. Well, she, well now, uh, there's a lot of kids uh, in that house, so I hope yes. she has multiple ones to give away. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been in touch with them, and and we're going to get in touch with uh, with Sescon next. Oh, so Sescon's next on the list. Is, is there anybody yeah. else who's who's up next that we can uh, uh, shout out to right now? We've been we've been looking for I've been looking for 
I know I have an old one, Jace Coyle, who used to be here for a okay. while. Yeah. Uh, he's one we haven't been able to find. I'm trying to think of who I've got. Uh, I'd have to go up and take a look. But we, we will eventually find them. Sometimes we go through Ruth Wegman. Oh, that's Ruthie right. Ruth would know. Yep. Yeah, yep. Ruthie. She, she's a good contact point. And then sometimes through Scott. Yeah. Now, is there anyone, see, so now we're, we're, you know, we didn't have an auction last year. Um, you know, we, we probably won't have one again this year, except for online. So is there any target you guys already have in mind for this year? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I would, I he hasn't would, told me, obviously. I would, I would love to get Ponchero. It's going to get Pocheros. Nice choice. Nice choice. Yep. That would be, that would be my choice. I don't know what she, I don't know what I, she's thinking. I look for little people because then I can wear it because uh, <laughs> they made a joke when uh, we got Boucher's jersey and at, at the auction at the end and I took it back to the chair and I put it on and I put it over the chair and there was still room enough for another me in it. So it's like, <laughs> we had a goalie I cut. So yeah. The game. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, I mean. But, uh, so, I mean, what other, who, what other players, I mean, have you really like, I really want that Jersey or have you lost out on? Oh, lost out on. Oh, oh I think, I think initially when uh, Crunk was here, I lost out on the first two bids that I did on his. And I find out later that that was his parents that were outbidding me. <laughs> did you feel I, bad at all? <laughs> no, no, I felt, no. I felt no. good. I felt good no. for him. And no. I told, cause Rickle, Rick will tell me sometimes who it was if he knows them. So yeah. I figured when the uh, the uh, Hanson brothers were here, I was going to get that jersey. <laughs> well, it's so much fun when I when I do the auction at the end of the year. Like I said, I I I always find you guys out before we start going. I make sure I know where your table is because I know I'm going. <laughs> and to you have... send one of the girls over to stand next to us. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> we always try to get the same table. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always I'm always curious because I know you're going to be bidding on you know maybe three or four, and I always keep an eye on where you guys are. <laughs> well, thank you for thank doing you. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think of anybody we didn't get. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure they'll come up with somebody, you know, and in the middle of the night, I'll wake up going, oh, yeah. But there were there were times, I think, when Sid was wearing his number 19. I wanted yeah. that jersey and I tried it at the, uh, the year end party. And uh, that guy, whoever he is, always outbid me. <laughs> so obviously there's some competition you guys obviously know each other especially when you guys get together in that room like that you guys yeah. know what's yeah, going there's on a, there's a few yeah, of us, we, yeah we know yeah. a few and we also know them that there's a table of folks that pool their pool their <laughs> stuff as well yeah but that's okay it's still a charity you that's know, right that's right over, that's right i have to fight over the jersey who gets to wear it on what night you know <laughs> Has there ever been want... any negotiations after it's over? You've lost, and like, you know what? Maybe no. I can keep this going. <laughs> no. No. no, we are we are going to take uh, all of the bobbleheads that we have, which I think are all of them, and they're all signed by everybody. And we're going to well, we told the comments last year we're going to take that, and have, that's going to be a donated item for them to auction off. Oh, that is neat. That is neat. So have you, have you talked to anybody, especially, you know, Scott, about maybe one of the charities is going to be the Soaring Hawk? Uh, well, it, we, we had talked to Nancy Halbruda, mm -hmm. who is, I guess, the treasurer. Yes. Is that what she is? And which we were going to last year do this donation and do it to a charity that she was supporting. But now with our group, we will probably have it go to Soaring Hawk. 
That is so neat. It's so so cool how you managed to bring all this together, and you know your love of animals and your love of the comets and your love of the jerseys, and it's such a such a, a neat connection that not very many teams have. I mean, just with all the jerseys and the way the players and the fans interact, and you guys are just taking it to another level, and it's just really really awesome. Well, we we enjoy it. We we think the Comets organization is great. We love what they do for the community. Um, we love the people, and uh, they're they're just a force in the community. And you guys came to Comet Hockey late. I mean, you said two thousand six. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We came in right at the end of St. Pierre. Yeah, so it's 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 also nice to see, uh, you know, you guys came along to Fort Wayne. Obviously, later, you know, you weren't people like me who grew up here and know everything, and and you know, but you guys came here and you immediately latched onto Comet Hockey. Well, we were we were we were avid Blackhawk fans up in Chicago. We were season ticket holders for a number of years at the old stadium. Yeah, yep. We had first row, first balcony, right across from the organ. Well, it makes me sad you guys never got to see the old Coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded you of the old Chicago Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Did the bathrooms flood? Uh, no, but I remember one night when I was a kid that the, so many people flushed at the same time. It actually affected the lights and <laughs> something happened. I, I kind of vaguely remember that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever the Hawks played Detroit, I don't know if somebody would go up there and stuff the toilet, but. The one behind us would always and overflow. Always overflow. And always. And whenever Detroit was in town. <laughs> See, those are great hockey stories that. Uh, yes, they are. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially older buildings like that, you know, you know, unfortunately we don't have that kind of stuff anymore. It's dying and, you know, you get cool stories like that. And uh, well, I think one of our, one of our favorites was uh, in its clothes now was Elmira. My favorite too. Yes. Someone who enjoyed Elmira as much as I did. It was one of those we, great we, hockey barns. We loved yeah. it. There were two games there on a Saturday, Sunday, and on the Sunday game, or Saturday game, they had problems where the Zamboni had yes. a hole in the yes. ice. Yes. Yep. And yes. then in the start of the next period, the fire alarms went off. That's that right. Was I was there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then the following night was when there was a pair of brothers that played for Elmira. The Bellamy brothers. One of them got, yep. one of them got kicked out. And five seconds later, he was up in the stands, right? That's right. That's right. Challenging, <laughs> challenging a guy in the stands to a fight. And that was uh, the same night. Also, we had he had all those problems with the, with the Zamboni and the fire alarm. Yep. And then I think yep. the next day they couldn't get the lights on after they had the national yeah. anthem. Yeah. 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 That well, was a fun trip. That was a fun trip, though. We loved. It. <laughs> yep i i used to yep i used to love Elmira. Remind my reminds me a lot of Muskegon and even Kalamazoo. You know, yep, those, those yep, great yep. smaller we buildings. Like, yeah, we like we like Rapid City though as well. Yeah, nice you guys stand. travel a lot. I mean, you. I mean, yeah. wherever I've gone, you guys usually pop up. <laughs> Some yeah, we try to do it. We try at least twice, at least a, twice year. a year. We try, and it's good. You guys drive too. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I'm not doing Utah again. Maybe, you know what? You, 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 you kind of live the hockey lifestyle because, you know, we're busting around. But so you guys get to see a lot of the country, too. Well, yeah. It, it, it'd be kind of nice based on the division we're in to go to some of these places. I've never been to Allen, Texas. Never been to Wichita. So. We'll see how it pans out. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you coming on with me. Uh, it's been a wonderful talk. It's, I mean, uh, with everything going on, I don't get to see you guys or any fans at all. Don't get to interact. So I missed that. So I'm really happy I got to sit down and talk to you guys. Well, we, we, we love your broadcasts and you know we love you. 
Oh, if thanks, we could only guys, get it in it. sync with the play at the same time. That's what we used to do when we would go to Blackhawk game. We would listen to it on the radio because <laughs> it was in sync, you know. It's like, oh, you know, so we didn't have to guess what was going on. We heard it right from the, the horse's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I appreciate All it. Right. All, All right. All right, Shane. Take care. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bill and Susan, great to talk with those folks. I miss them. I uh, usually talk to them uh, after almost every home game, and of course they travel a lot, so I get to see them on the road. So with everything going on, I don't get to talk to fans very often, so that was a nice treat to talk to those two, and they are very a great couple, and they do a lot uh, for the Comet organization and the community, as uh, as you heard. So uh, it's a terrific talk, and we're going to talk to another guy who does a lot for the Fort Wayne community. He is a Comet through and through, Anthony Petrozelli, making his second appearance on the Huntington University Comets podcast. So let's roll with it. Okay. Hey, Anthony Petruzzelli, you, know, you had a, a busy day today. So let's start with all the dogs and kittens you saw today. And you're going to make me jealous. You're going to want me want another dog. Yeah. Uh, I just went down to the Fort Wayne Animal Care and Control. Uh, I've been fostering with them for about just over about a year and a half now. And so I still try to get in there and uh, do as much as I can to, to help out and spend some time with uh, the dogs and cats that, you know, haven't been adopted yet or just you know, waiting for their forever home. So yeah, I got to go in there, uh, mess around with a few. And uh, I think we got something a little special coming for the comments fans this weekend, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, we won't have any spoilers here, so uh, we won't <laughs> talk about that, but let's go back to fostering. I know you, I mean, how many of you fostered so far? Uh, last year? I, yeah. Last year I did a total of seven this year. Oh, I've done whoa. about three so far. Wow. Okay. So let's go back. Let's go back to the first one. I think I remember the first one that you had. Um, I mean, how rewarding has this been for you? I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool little thing. Like, uh, you know, I kind of found out probably about seven, eight years ago that I was a dog person. And, uh, you know, when I got back here and not having my dog, uh, you know, being out in Vermont and everything, uh, the, the fiance thought it'd be a good idea that I'd go get involved and see if I could help out with the, the shelter, ask if I could foster, you know, give me something to do, keep me busy. And I mean, it's, it's been a very rewarding feeling. And I mean, it's, it's nice to know that these dogs are finding homes and there's even a couple that, you know, been very special, like special cases that I, I still actually get to see like pictures and hear about how they're doing. So, um, so who was the first one? What was the name of the first dog you, you, you fostered? Um, I think the foster named it, the, no, the, the shelter named it Jingle, but they let me change it to Stewie. That's right. Okay. So Stewie was the first one. So yeah. you obviously still have a, I mean, you, you said you, you keep in touch a little bit with, with people. Ooh, yeah, some, some people, yeah, it, it kind of depends on the situation. Like sometimes I'll end up just dropping the dog back off and we got a road trip and, you know, I'll just hear that they've been adopted or whatnot. But there's other situations like at the end of last year, uh, I had a kind of a special needs dog that went through, you know, had a tough time with uh, separation anxiety and, you know, didn't want to be away from anything. So it took a lot of training and a lot of time actually just to, you know, get, get the dog comfortable to where I could even leave the house without it not, you know, shredding things up. And so that was, uh, that was interesting. And then once the season came to a close at, uh, you know, the unfortunate time, uh, we were kind of stuck here and we had this dog and still a couple of, couple of weeks of work. And, you know, we had a fortune enough to find someone that was uh, looking to adopt at that time by, you know, reaching out through some of the fans around in, in Fort Wayne and, and uh, they ended up, you know, just adding, adding me on Facebook and they get to, you know, see the pictures of uh, the dog playing with their kids. And, you know, just to know that, you know, a dog like that, that had a tough time just being alone by itself now has such a great home. Uh, so uh, how did you, I mean, I guess, how do you go about be, being a foster? 
Uh, I mean, it's pretty simple, actually. I mean, uh, you, you can pretty much just contact Fort Wayne Animal Care and Control and uh, ask them how you can get involved. Uh, I know online right now, it's, uh, it's a little bit different with COVID going on. So they do have foster applications online that you go, you fill out and kind of let them know what you're looking for. And, you know, once they find the right, right fit, they'll, uh, they'll contact you and try and get a dog into your home. So how, how in the world don't you, I mean, it would be so hard for me not to keep the dog. I mean, I'm a dog person and that's the reason why I think my wife and I have never fostered is because of that. We would have 10 dogs right now. Yeah, that's, that's definitely an issue. I mean, I've had a lot of dogs so far. I think out of the, the, the 10 I've had, I, I, there's at least six. I'm like, ah, I think I could really keep this one, but I, it's, it's tough, but you know, unfortunately back at our, our house in Vermont, we're only allowed uh, one dog and one, and one cat. So we, we can't have any more. And I, I keep, I keep saying like, Hey, maybe we can move somewhere, but you know, the fiance is not biting yet. But you're, uh, so you're, you're in Fort Wayne, so you got an apartment, so you also have to kind of make arrangements through that too, don't you? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a little bit smaller quarters than, you know, our, our other place, but you know, this year, uh, the fiance's out here, we have the dog and the cat and it is a little bit, a little bit much bringing another dog in. We still do it, but, uh, we've kind of, we've kind of moved towards, uh, the smaller dogs. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of worked out pretty well. It's not too rambunctious. Uh, our dog Rosie is uh, pretty good. And speaking of cat, yeah, there's the cat. <laughs> uh, kind of scared me. <laughs> so what, what kind of breeds have you had so far? Uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pit bull type mixes we've yeah. had come through a uh, couple of, uh, gosh what is it called uh australian shepherd mixes you uh-huh. get a lot of those and uh i think the one we have right now is a, actually a chihuahua mix of some sort you know it's not too yappy though which is nice it's pretty calm calm little thing i have a chihuahua they're all yappy trust me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but do you have a favorite dog breed i mean you're a dog person now so you gotta have a favorite now i mean yeah like i'm a little bit biased towards i have the old english bulldog uh truly in love with uh, all the rolls all the floppiness of it and everything but uh I, i've kind of been pushing for a bernese mountain dog i want something you know big and fluffy like that i've yeah. always thought that they're just beautiful dogs and I, I think that's kind of where i'd want to go next i mean i i think my bulldog can handle it you know she's 50 pounds but she thinks she's 300 pounds sometimes so get her a bigger <laughs> friend you know i hear they're awful gassy dogs like yeah. that uh, i mean yeah she can be like uh you never you never hear it but you always smell it right yeah, <laughs> yeah those dogs those kind of dogs are off, awesome yeah. and uh, <laughs> that's that's great so so you have your dog so he's back in home in in vermont is that where he is uh no she's actually here right now okay her, so the dog okay. the dog and the cat and then we have currently one foster dog with us okay so you have so you're so you have a cat and he is yours he's you're not fostering the cat no no that's that's my cat so he's a he's actually a great travel cat for some reason he does awesome in cars and you can you can take him anywhere it's it's super easy i mean he goes to the bathroom in the toilet so i don't know. <laughs> oh wow okay so how did you do that please tell me the secret on that okay well i I don't know if it's PetSmart or pets or like pet cold that you can get these uh, special little contraptions that kind of, it's a litter box that you set on top of your toilet essentially. And after about a week or two, uh, there's a new insert you put in and it has like a little tiny hole in it and still a little bit of litter. And then every couple of weeks you put in a new insert that the hole gets bigger and bigger. And eventually they just, 
they don't need it. They just start going to any toilet. It's it's honestly worked out great. Like there's there's no smell or anything, so I can't complain. So is animal training in your future at all? Are you are you really going over to animals altogether? Uh, I I don't know if animal training per se is. Uh, I I leave that to the fiance a little more. She's she's done a good job training our dog. You know she knows all the tricks, the the sit, the shake, the roll over, and everything. And she's she's she does a good job with that. I just try to enforce uh enforce her guidelines. <laughs> so yeah, you know it's so hard. You know my wife and I we go back and forth we have a German shepherd too and who's the good parent and who's the bad parent you know I'm the fun parent yeah. uh, but she's the disciplinarian so do you guys have that going on yeah I think I'm definitely the fun one I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the one always playing tug of war with the dog and messing around with her and having a good time and then you know when something bad happens like if she gets a little bit too aggressive with the foster dog she's the one you know I'm like ah no you got to stop that <laughs> yeah it's all it's all good she's got a gotta help uh keep everyone safe so you weren't a dog person before all this or or i mean i mean i just kind of had a dog it was it was kind of tough like growing up uh you know playing playing youth hockey and everything like in in washington it was a lot of travel a lot of weekends spent up in uh british columbia so we were always just traveling when i was younger and our family just never really had a dog didn't really have much time for it and so it was it was hard then and you know once once i finally uh kind of you know met, met the girl and got got involved with with her dogs it's just kind of been you know ever since well i'll be okay when we get back to traveling normally to, to bring a dog on the bus i think that's what we need I, I do i think we need a mascot on the bus yeah i mean i'd totally be okay with that it's just you know it depends how long the bus ride is you know, right I don't, right I don't want them being a pooping on the bus hey but hey you know what uh you know indy kalamazoo toledo that's i mean i got a seat next to me that, that she could sit oh that's perfect yeah you can you can take rosie you go ahead that's right that's right yeah, she'll love it <laughs> so i'm all for that so okay so we're making post-pandemic plans so i'm a big yeah, fan exactly. of that. <laughs> so all right man well i mean you're, you're back in town we love that you're back in town and you know it's been an eventful summer you know you got engaged I, that's what you right is, is that the yep. summer great yeah. great so she's uh, now with you so she wasn't with you before, right? This is no, her first no, trip. yeah, she she's with me now. She's been able to, you know, work fairly remotely, and uh, she's uh, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna have to head out here soon. Uh, her uh, sounds like her uh, services are requested back in Vermont at the arena because things are starting to, you know, loosen back up, and so uh, she'll be heading back there soon. And then it's uh, it's back to the, the one man household here. <laughs> well, well, animals, you you won't be lonely, I don't think. No, well, no, the animals will go with her. I'll, I'll keep the foster dogs. Right, back. right. Don't worry, I'll, I'll have one a week at least. Well, there you go. <laughs> so what does she do back in Vermont? You said the, the, the arena, does she, what does she do? Uh, yeah, so she works She works for the city of Burlington and okay. uh, pretty much runs the the arena programming there. All the scheduling, everything does a does a lot with the, the marina and other parts of the, the parks and rec department there. So she was, she had some downtime as well. I mean, that's probably why she's with you, right? <laughs> she yeah, yeah. Going. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of things really slowed down out there. So it's kind of, it's been kind of nice, uh, special situation that you don't normally get. And so we saw the opportunity to do it and she could get away. It was great. Cool. Now, now when everything happened and we talked back in March when everything went down, what was like the mindset over the summer? I, I you know, we know you, you wanted to come back here, but there was still that, we didn't know if we were going to play obviously until January. So what was your, what was your mindset? You're like, okay, do I have to get a job or am I going to stick this out? Do I go play for another team? What do I do? 
Yeah, no, it was, it was tough, but uh, I mean, stayed, stayed in close contact with, uh, you know, Benny front, the Frankies and, you know, all the, all the other guys on the team kind of trying to like talk through it, seeing what's going on. And, you know, there, there were some days that, you know, it sounded like you, there were some dark things coming to Fort Wayne. And then there's other days where you're like, Oh yeah, we're playing for sure. Right. Just, uh, it was, it was very difficult to manage. And, you know, I think once you realize that it wasn't going to be until at least December minimum that we were playing. That's like, well, you know, the summer job's over. You gotta, you gotta start figuring something out for, for the winter and still try and find a way to be ready for hockey. Cause I mean, still, I think no matter what I was going to end up playing. And, uh, so it's kind of a tough balance. Cause you know, you still got, uh, you got bills and food you got to pay for yeah. and so I mean, you got to you had to get a job, and fortunately, uh, one of the one of the coaches that I use in the summertime for all my off season training, he runs a runs a youth organization out in Vermont. So I was able to coach a minor hockey team at a group of 07 kids I got to work with and you know that was that was a pretty cool experience so that was uh that was nice help uh for a job I'd say rather than just having to go back to the grocery store like I did at the start of uh, quarantine really is that what you did yeah I was uh I was picking I was picking groceries and delivering it to people uh, up in Vermont yeah at a health food grocery store it's kind of a, it was wasn't too bad of a little gig you know yeah, yeah all right <laughs> it's all right that's right man hey it took care of uh, what you need to take care of yeah, so exactly. that's yeah, yeah. So how did you, I guess, how did you stumble upon that? I mean, it was just like, hey, I need to do something. I could do that. That's easy. Yeah, I was, I was coming home and I, you know, talking to the fiance and she was like, I think she would have killed me if I just sat around. for two <laughs> Right. Uh, I kind of reached out to all my connections because I did go to the University of Vermont there. I know a lot of people that are still working and just reached out to some friends asking what they have, for, if they know any jobs, people need help. And obviously there's some places that were shutting down and closing and fortunately they were like hey you can go into this grocery store you know everyone like all restaurants are closed so grocery stores are you know looking for people to work it's something to do and got involved in there and yeah that was, that was pretty much it how now how big was the store because i find grocery stores intimidating i don't think i could ever do that job because some of these stores are huge yeah well no it was it was like one of like the more uh local health food type okay. it was a little smaller so like if you've been to fresh time here it's it's something similar size along that lines the yeah. only thing that was a little bit confusing is like the whole circle the whole uh store was a, a, a giant circle and so they didn't actually set up in rows of like oh so it was kind of amazing there for like the first like week and a half i was just panicking trying to find things <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I probably wouldn't have lasted very long because I would still be searching for that first order right now. <laughs> yeah, no. Fortunately, it was just a lot of a lot of produce. I got that. I got that figured out. <laughs> what was the oddest item you had to find? Um, what is it? Uh, dandelion. Did you know they sell dandelion? Yeah, dandelion. Yeah, it's. I mean, you could eat dandelions. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought that was the weirdest thing ever. I, I've never, I've never really seen it. Never heard of it. Like you go to you go to Kroger, you don't see dandelion. Right. Right. You, right. Like, yeah, so like going there, there's dandelion. I had no idea that that was a thing. That was kind of <laughs> try cool. the dandelion. Maybe you might like it. Yeah, I, no, it's not for me. I <laughs> I see it. I'm like, that's that's a weed. I don't need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, we might have to try some. We got to get a recipe. I think we both maybe need to try it. It'll be fun. (laughs) So, all right. So you're back in town, which also means you get to continue to uh, torment Sean Sadlowski. Um, 
that's one thing I'll tell you what I miss at the most. I mean, hearing you and Sid go back and forth is just worth the price of admission. And I miss that greatly. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I actually, I think I stayed on top of it pretty well in the off season here. I mean, uh, I think me and him honestly talked probably, probably once a day for a good long period there when uh, we were trying to figure things out for the season and, you know, still, uh, you know, play some video games together and give each other a hard time and, you know, the, the little banter we had going back and forth on Twitter was all a little fun and games. And now it's back to doing it in the locker room. Yeah. You know, I almost, I almost jumped into the fray at one point. I, I made a comment on Twitter that I was working on Sean Sadlowski's biography and it, and, you know, I'd spent more time in his biography today than I had in my taxes the last three years because it's yeah. so long. And, uh, you know, he said something and I said, well, just think, you know, uh, you know, another year it's, you know, your accomplishments are going to be taller than Petey. And I'm like, Oh, I better not say that because retribution, <laughs> I don't, Shane, I don't want to get you involved in this at all. So we'll just we'll act like you didn't say that. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, it's like, well, I can stay away from it for this season anyway. But next year, yeah, there's no promises. Yeah, no, you, you might be back on the bus next year. And it could be a couple of long bus trips. I'll tell you that. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, man, so happy that you're back. And I know, I mean, everyone's happy that you're back. So, I mean, so what has it been like for you? What's your experience? I mean, so far, everyone has stayed healthy. We've, we've lucked out. But it's, again, I've, I've talked to a couple guys and you guys are just so on top of this. I mean, you guys are really kind of policing each other, making sure everyone's doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I think with us being the the only team that started so like, February, I think it was, yeah, yeah the only team starting in February, like uh, we realized there's a lot on the line here. We only got 50 games and, you know, to, to lose any of those to be canceled or, you know, just even postponed just due to us being being dum-dums, not wearing a mask in certain places. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the players realize that, you know, we're going to have to police this ourselves if we want to have a season this year. And, you know, it's, it's really great to be seeing how, you know, everyone's, you know, trying to follow the rules, doing the best they can with it and staying out of all the, all the places you shouldn't be going. And I think so far we've done a great job and, you know, Matt Willett and everything doing the testing and, he, he's kind of been on top of us too about the whole mass thing and social distancing and, you know, trying to do as best as we can, especially, you know, when going on the road traveling, like we did to South Carolina, it was, it was good to see. And, uh, and I'm sure you can probably say, Hey guys, I don't want to go back to the grocery store. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if I have to, if I have to bag another zucchini, I'm going to be, <laughs> <laughs> so also, so apparently you won't work on a farm anytime soon either. You've even soured off of that. No, no. Keep me away from the farms. I, I just, I, I want to play some hockey for a bit. <laughs> uh, so you spent the, the entire summer in Vermont. Did you ever get back West? Did you get back uh, to see the folks? Yeah, actually, uh, right around Thanksgiving, got to go back, see uh, mom, dad, sister in Washington, spent a couple days there and then went down to uh, Palm Springs, hit a few golf balls around, got to enjoy the warm weather. So it was, it was nice. Made a whole little West coast swing there and got out of the cold for a little bit. Did you, did you drive? No, no, we flew. You flew that? Because I know you've done the whole cross-country thing a few times, haven't you? Oh, I, no. Fortunately, I actually have never had to drive cross-country. Oh, you haven't? Oh, I see. I thought you had. Oh, okay. No. So, yeah, my, my when I went to college, actually, my uh, my first year, you weren't allowed cars. So, I flew out there. And then my parents ended up just shipping my truck out later. Like once I, once I got oh, okay. here, okay. so I got, I got kind of lucky there. Thank God. <laughs> so a lot, didn't have a lot of time with spitting chiclets, right? No, no. My God. <laughs> uh, so I know that's your favorite podcast other than this one, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so how's, how are your folks? I mean, your dad, uh, he met us out in Idaho last year and that's the first time I got to meet him and uh, he actually went on the air with me. So that was a good time. 
Yeah, I don't know if that was uh, if that was a mistake or not, but uh, yeah, you probably 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 couldn't get him off the mic, huh? <laughs> I know you did a great job. But, you know, I think he scored uh, that weekend too. I think he had a, a goal in the night that he was up there. So yeah, no, I, I think I did the first night, and then uh, I saw him messing with my sticks in the hallway before the next game. So I, it was a little bit in my head. I told him never touch my sticks again. You you lost all the goals out of him, but no, yeah, they're they're doing good right now. I mean, they're they're back in Washington, still working away, and you know just. That's really it. I think they're going to try and make it make the trip out to Utah this year. I guess that's the next closest than uh, Boise yeah. would be. So yeah, and they made it to Fort Wayne last year, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, they made it to Fort Wayne, yeah. and I think they, they might even try and make an appearance in Fort Wayne. I don't know. Oh wow! Because I think your your dad may have mentioned about going to Coney Island, something like that. I think that he was uh, going to try that when he got here. Oh yeah, you gotta. <laughs> So, yeah. So great, man. Uh, I mean, you also during this whole pandemic thing is that, I mean, you're like the event coordinator of the team. So how has that affected, you know, you're the guy who sets up all the parties. You're the guys who, you're the guy who does all that stuff. So how has that affected you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I normally was, but I think it kind of just got dropped on. <laughs> so you kind of, yeah, the, I had that tag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Due to, due to the number of people that are just coming back, but uh, no, it's, it's been kind of, kind of difficult. You know, we, uh, we try obviously every year we try to arrange like to get together such as like Thanksgiving. Cause you know, we play on Thanksgiving night. We can't spend it with our families yeah. and try to do a get together where we all come together and cook the day after. And so it's, it's definitely been kind of a challenge. And I mean, the, the most we can really do is, you know, go have dinner and small groups of players, like four or five of us. And, you know, that's, that's really it right now. We try to keep it to small pods. And then, you know, when we're in the locker room, that's pretty much our time together, but it's uh it's definitely a challenge so we're hoping and things will loosen up you know seeing that the the vaccine will be available to everyone at, at the end of the month so that'll hopefully that'll uh, help uh, loosen some restrictions for us yeah so were you able to do a little bit of recruiting on benny's behalf during the season or uh during the time we were off uh no i, w- I don't think so not really like the only guy i really knew for would have been would lekis and i I mean, he was pretty much already in. I yeah. Brady Brady did most of the work last year for him, <laughs> and then and Brady decided to to jump ship and go over to Europe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we'll talk about Stefanos for a second. I mean, uh, guy, we'll have to get him on the show uh, when he gets back, uh, hopefully. Uh, but you know, you played with him. I mean, he boy, the the numbers that kid put up in college was nuts. And uh, I mean, the amount of offensive or uh, you know support you gave him, I, he's not used to that. So I'm sure he was very happy uh, getting to town. Yeah, no, actually, after his first game, I think it was, what, 7-2 or something like that, one game he played, and, uh, you know, his little speech after the game just said, uh, yeah, hey, thanks for putting up seven. Uh, I don't know if if my team put up seven all last year, so it's (laughs) kind of nice, but, yeah, no, he's – He's an incredible goaltender. I mean, he's been doing that. I mean, ever since I met him at school, my my junior year, he he did that two years that I was there. He was just making these crazy, ridiculous saves that you I no idea where they come out of. And you know, he he comes to compete every night. And you got to respect a guy like that. You know, he's not six foot five. You know, but he's still you know fair sized kid. But you know, he really competes in there, and it's it's tough to score on him. Yeah, on well, he plays court. like he's ten feet tall. He's one of those goalies that yeah, exactly so big. Like, well, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, you know he's a guy who, who who knows the position very well. I think that's the big thing is that he knows what what he's doing. And he knows what, you know he he knows his size. He knows what he's got to do. And seeing smaller goalies like that, it's nice to see someone like that, like a Grant Fuhr type, 
you know, size, you know, to, to, to really get back to the, that position to be, you know, kind of like that. So yeah. maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. As long as, I mean, as long as Steph keeps coming in and competing like he does, he's going to be a great goaltender in this league and hopefully in the American league and the NHL at some point. So, you know, he'll be all right. Well, hopefully he remembers us all sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Great, man. Oh, so yeah, you're off to a good start, man. Uh, I've been saying the name Johnny Hustle quite a bit. So that's always a good thing. So you stayed hot. So it's, uh, I mean, obviously you, you're jiving with with the teammates, uh, you know, coming in. And, you know, it's, even though it's weird that we're only, we've only played, well, three teams now after the South Carolina trip, but, you know, how you guys are, you know, the, the rosters have been turning over on those, on Indian wheeling so much. It's almost like you guys face a new team every night. It really is. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a little bit a little bit crazy with you know all the exe- like COVID exemptions, the call ups, and everything. Like you know, rosters are changing daily, but no, it's it's all right. It's it's been kind of a challenge playing three teams. Obviously, a little bit of a little bit of hatred starts happening, but no, it's it's a good time. You know, we only, what we got another. 20, 20 games against them. So well, yeah, yeah, we got you know twenty more against Wheeling, twenty more against uh, yeah. Indy. So you know it's all right. <laughs> so I mean, so uh, I mean, uh, talk a little bit about the, the the rivalry that's already started. I mean, you know, well with South Carolina, we had a situation where you know what we're not going to see these guys again. But you know, with Indy, it's like all right, we're going to see you guys tomorrow and the next day and the year after that. So you know, I don't have to settle any scores right now. I can do it down the road. You can have kind of a long memory. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think we got a lot of smart guys on our team that try to just avoid that long memory. And I think uh, both teams kind of realize that, yeah, we are playing 20 times and that, you know, it's it doesn't do anyone any good just to be, you know, steaming on the last game, the two, right. two games before that. I think you just got to kind of take it day by day. And, you know, it, obviously there's going to be, uh, you know, a little bit of tension built up, but, you know, it's, you can't play hockey like that all the time. And I think uh, I think the teams have kind of realized that. And, you know, they try to go out and play the game the right way. And, you know, if something happens, obviously it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, and I think it, it's actually made this season actually that much more kind of interesting because it's like you're, you're playing the same guys and there's so much familiarity. And I think it just adds so much more drama to each game, even though people might not see it that way, but I love it. I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, there's there's little things like I know for a little bit what was a Dravich and Pachiro for a little bit, all yeah. their little silly antics, and but I know it's it's all it's all good. It's it's fun, and I, I think it's uh, it's going to be a tough season to win because obviously you know when you play a team that many times, they're going to figure out how to play against you, and you got to you got to figure out how to beat them every night. Yeah, I, I asked uh, Zach about that, and uh, you know you're like the number one pest. I'm surprised you haven't really gotten involved in anything. Uh, <laughs> there during warm-ups <laughs> oh no no thanks I, I get off the ice don't don't bother me until the puck drops <laughs> uh, so oh man well man i appreciate it i'll get you out of here i know you've had a busy day you've been you've had practice you've gone to the animal shelter you have uh sat down with me and uh with all the fans and and again always always appreciate you buddy and and glad you're back and hopefully everyone's gonna stay safe we'll finish this season with no problems and then uh you know get back to normal next year Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Shane. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Another top shelf episode of the Comets podcast is in the books. I want to thank uh, my guests, Bill and Susan, Anthony Petrozelli, and our sponsor, Huntington University, for making this happen every week. And uh, we are now on Spotify. So, uh, you know, if your friends don't know about this show, 
make sure you tell them. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, you can get it at Comets.com, and now on Spotify. So no one has any excuses not to listen to this podcast. So that will wrap it up for me. So until next time, this is Shane Alberani, and thank you for listening to the Huntington University Comets Podcast.